Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. Ian. What's up, guys? And Jehu. <laughs> Ian, officially back in the gang. I think it's been like a month now. Like Ian's here all the time. It's the way it is from here on out. All the people who texted me about it finally got their wish. I'm on an anime episode, so I, I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't duck out on this one, you're you're back. Today we're uh, for the first time, I don't know, in a long time. We are actually at the tip of the spear of pop culture because we're talking about Star Wars Visions, which just released today. The day of recording, probably not the day it's released. That's fair. Which is a collection of 9 anime shorts all Star Wars based, however, not canonical. Done by seven different studios. Yeah, I was gonna, I, should, I was, I was gonna throw it to you on that, Joseph, because the studio thing. Do you, were, how many of these were you familiar with, and do you know of anything that these people had done? I am so happy you asked, uh, Christian, because <laughs> I've, I've written down all the studios and their notable work. So we'll 100%, go. hundred percent. I knew you were gonna do that. I knew it. <laughs> you uh, usually are so bothered to be engaged. It's great that this your fucking Walter Cronkite. uh yeah no i figure as we go through each one we'll talk about the studio that did it and some other things that if you liked the the vibe of what was going on some other things that you might also like that they do cool uh before we get into the specifics do we want to talk about general impressions sure yeah we can do that uh i mean you know what i i really really loved this I wish more things were doing stuff like this. And I don't mean just the anime per se. I mean, doing things that are shorter, spend less time explaining themselves or less worried about continuity and are just telling short, cool looking stories. Uh, you know, this, even though uh, a lot of this was very divorced from Star Wars continuity, it all really felt like the stuff that I really liked about Star Wars. And even the episodes I didn't really care for, which there were a couple, you know, I still like that they tried, you know, I like that they went for something. Yeah, I, I'm in total agreement with everything you just said. I really like this. I, and I think I like even more that it's not canon. Like, I like that they just don't even care to try. And they're like, we're just going to tell cool stories. And in the age of where everything has to be a universe and everything has to be canon. I like that this doesn't give a shit and just gives me cool stylistic things. We'll get more into it because certainly some I really like more than others, but I really, really dug this. I think it was more of a mixed bag for me. Um, like, I, I think, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of anime. I think some were better than others, but the writing I thought was very clunky amongst all of it. I had, there are times where some of the lines that they said, I, I just laughed out loud. I was like, this is just bad. But maybe that's just how anime is, like, is. You know what I mean? And, and like, it just didn't seem well-written to me was my biggest takeaway. Um, there were some that were really cool, some that were fucking awful. But um, I thought all of them across the board, I just didn't think it was well-written. Um, I think it was cool in that it was, um, like, the short episodes. And I think there's an interesting way to do it. But I just don't think it's for me, probably, is my takeaway. <laughs> so no, we, this, one, this didn't convert you, huh? <laughs> no, no. The writing, like I said, the writing just felt so clunky well, on all of them, even the ones I liked. It's that's just... actually a good point. <laughs> what what was the spread here on on uh, uh, subs versus dubs? Oh, I watched uh, d- all English, no subtitles. 
Yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know sub was an option. I, I went with dub. I went with dub with subtitles on. All right, <laughs> splitting the difference. I, I think it, I think it matters. I watched. You know, I, I'm I'm a purist. Uh, I'm this, <laughs> of course this you is, are. This is my new identity. I'm I'm the anime guy, so I have to watch the sub version. And I, I think that does make a difference. I'd, I'd have to throw to, to the rest of you guys to to know like how good the dub is, but like how good the dub is really makes a difference on how like how well it's received because there are really good dubs out there and there are also really bad dubs out there. So uh, I, I think that I'm not saying that was might have been entirely the problem, Ian, but I can I can definitely say that could have contributed. Yeah, I mean, well, there's I- this issue within anime when it comes to dubs is you have to make it fit with the mouth movement of the character right. uh, and that doesn't always make for great sentence structure yeah uh, mm. i don't think it was a huge part in this but i do think there is certainly a level to that in this i think there's shitty lines in it that kind of sold it for me that it's like oh yeah they're keeping it real <laughs> yeah like the way everybody would fucking mark out and say it out loud that he has a red lightsaber. Yeah. I fucking yeah. loved that shit. Yeah. That's very anime. That's very <laughs> anime. It like, that's what I noticed. Like, they explain the most obvious things like, oh, you, we're the Sith and we want all the power and, and we will not be like, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I, you know. <laughs> Have you not like, watched the prequels? One, I'm not sure that is that off-brand. <laughs> the the one saying. that that was like <laughs> real bad. And I, I like, I, I almost stopped watching it. It was so bad. But I'm glad I soldiered through. Because I liked a lot more on after that. But there was one that almost made me turn it off. It was so bad. All right. Well, I'll say I, I you know, I'm primed to like this a lot. I, there's something about this format, because I think there have been a lot of different versions of this over the years. Uh, I think Christian referenced in our text thread, the Animatrix, uh, where it's kind of different shorts, you know, unrelated stories clumped together from different studios. Uh, there's also a, a Batman version of this somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that that's a, a, a similar premise and there's something about it when you watch them all in sequence like i did today where it's a little jarring even when you like it uh just because uh, you you get you know dropped in and pulled out from a story so fast and then dropped into somewhere new so uh, look if we weren't doing this podcast i probably would have done this at a slightly slower pace than we did here but i still think uh, overall i'd say the majority of them i think are better than transformers I would disagree as, with that. <laughs> as far as as far as the comparison to the Animatrix, I think that's apt. But this is like the Animatrix without its head up its own ass. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know? I mean, like, that's also man- the Matrix, though. That's not really the <laughs> Animatrix's fault. But I think if the I had a podcast when when the Animatrix came out. I would have been coming in hot on that episode. <laughs> I, I think there to Jay Hughes point, though, I think one of the reasons the Animatrix suffers is how much it does try to, I think, have canonical shit in it. I mean, right. You know, 30 minutes of that is a prequel to the second movie. I think this is more freeing because it's not it doesn't have to worry about the concept of canon. You've actually convinced me, Hurt, that the very first podcast was about how the Animatrix is better than the, <laughs> the Matrix sequels. I'm, I'm like in my heart, yeah. I know that's true. I don't. It's I don't know the historic, I don't know if there's historical records of it, but in my heart, I know that that's what happened. Right. <laughs> All right, let's get into them. Sure. So the first one called the Duel uh, is is by a studio called Kamikaze Duga. They do. Uh, they did Batman Ninja, which I still haven't seen. Amazingly, it they sucks. Did, Oh well, did they do Afro Samurai? Because this is the one I like the most, and I got Afro Samurai vibes. They did not. 
uh, but they do uh, the the Sturgill Simpson visual album and anime yeah. album that he did, uh, and probably are most notable for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. They're definitely like their their hallmark is kind of this mixed 2D 3D style, uh, which I think worked really well for them here. I did not like this one. This one is one of my least favorite ones. Interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was okay, uh, but I, to me was maybe it's because I was really apprehensive at the beginning and didn't really know what to expect, and I wasn't all in, but. I, w- I was not like settled in after watching that thing. I was kind of like, oh, maybe this is not going to be good. Yeah, I liked this one a lot. I thought it was uh, I thought it was the right one to start with. I-, I have some other issues with the order that these are in, but this was this was the right one to start with. This is the good one to to get you into it. Uh, two observations about it. Uh, first of all, let's just go ahead and make a seven samurai Star Wars movie. Like we've half-assed it like four times now. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and do it. And second of all... I would call this media-massing it, at least. This is definitely... I mean, this is is a direct, like, Kurosawa, like, Kurosawa meets Star Wars thing. And also, man, I don't know if it was there before this, but these things really want you to know that the stiletto heel exists in the Star Wars. No kidding. What's up with that? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that. I think this was the best. Th- I agree with her. This is the one to start with because I think people who were like not anime fans, like this was just cool lightsaber fighting. The visuals were cool. Like I like the fight on the log going down the waterfall. Um, I like that girl with like the spinny red lightsaber thing. I thought that was cool. The umbrella lightsaber. Yeah, it definitely had seven samurai kind of vibes. Um, like the lone gunslinger kind of thing. Um, I thought it was cool. I like I said, it still had clunky writing. And I noticed that, but um, I thought like just, you know, watching people swing on lightsabers, like that's kind of what I wanted out right. of it. And that's what I got out of it. I, mean, so I was fair, like, okay. <laughs> this one might be your favorite because it might have the least talking in it. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's mostly just a bunch of serious samurai people staring each other down and then fighting with their lightsabers. I thought like the goon, like the alien kind of like village defense team was cool. Like there was like a lizard guy, like, I don't know. One guy had like a machine gun. I don't know. I thought, yeah, I thought a lot of like these characters were cool. Like if you were going to continue one onto a show, I think this would be the one I'd want the most, you know, because it kind of has a Mandalorian vibe to it almost. You know what I mean? For sure. A lot. I think a lot of these do. I did want to ask at the end of each one, whether you'd want to see like more of this particular universe, like more of these style stories. And I'd agree. I think this one is is a good one if if a little on the serious side comparatively to some of the other ones and i like it's it's not jedi versus sith it's just like this guy's not either he just takes down people it's the it's kind of the vibe i got out of it yeah. you know what i mean and i and i kind of like that kind of get away from like good versus evil and just like there's people out there who are good with the force who will fucking kill people you know what i mean see there i think there are several stories in this that tell that theme better than this one did which was kind of my issue with this one which was i guess we're supposed I got the impression that it's trying to tell us that he's not really a Sith, but he's certainly not a good guy. Right. Um, And I would like to see more of that. I'd be more interested in that, but I did not like how open ended that was in this 14 minutes or whatever. I don't, I don't feel like star Wars is very open ended. There's very clearly black and white, good people. Yeah. And so to me, this one felt the least Star Warsy. It felt very Kurosawa, to right. your point, Joseph. It didn't. It's the one that felt the least Star Warsy to me. Up next, we had uh, this is one that I actually had to come back to, and so I didn't think that they were going to be allowed to use like existing characters in the Star Wars universe because they don't appear in any other ones, right? Really. Uh, but the next one is 
uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, which is uh, it's done by Studio Colorido. They do uh, two movies that I've watched recently that are really good, Penguin Highway and A Whisker Away, and a series called Burn the Witch. They're a relatively new studio, uh, but it's a story about how instead of lightsabers, we use the power of music to save the universe and save Jabba the Hutt's relative, I guess, from execution. I'm probably in the minority on this, but I fucking love this one. I thought it was <laughs> uh, amazing. I, If you would have told me going into this, oh, we're going to do a rock and roll episode of Star Wars, I'm like, I would say, that sounds fucking lame, but this one was easily my favorite. This one was so fucking good. I, I tell you, I love the concept so much, and I love the, the idea that you can save the universe through things other than <laughs> lightsabers, but man, mm-hmm. I just wish the song was better. Yeah, I'm, I, this one was my first worst in Transformers. One. <laughs> and the whole time I'm thinking about this is Joseph's. I'm like, this is definitely going to be Joseph's favorite because he watched that zombie pop star anime is all I kept thinking. But about. the songs in that show were bops. <laughs> I'm like, this is so his shit. But yeah, no, I couldn't get into it. The little slug guy with the hair. He was annoying. I, I didn't like the art style. I think that kind of annoyed me. And then the song was bad. And I think, you know, Boba Fett wasn't as cool as Boba Fett should have been. So yeah, worse than Boba Fett's as cool as Boba Fett's ever fucking been. Yeah, <laughs> agree with Joseph there. When 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 Boba Fett begrudgingly starts rocking, that may be my favorite Boba Fett moment ever. <laughs> I love the Chekhov's lightsaber of the fact that we think his Jedi training is going to come back into it later, and it fucking doesn't. He's a yeah, rocker I, now. I loved it, and I, you know, I, I should say I thought the song was okay. I, I thought it specifically might have been a reference to a My Chemical Romance song. This one to me is a ton of fun, and it's a reference to my favorite shitty style of anime, which is music saves the world. <laughs> I, also, one more thing: I, I, there's ones in this that I think felt more like a pilot, and that maybe we'll see more of. But this is the one I would mo- most like to see more of. Sure. So the next one is the episode is called The Twins. It's made made by uh, Studio Trigger, which is this is my favoritism burning through. But I don't think Trigger has made anything that I don't like. Uh, they make Kill a Kill, uh, Little Witch Academia, BNA, Gridman, uh, SSS Gridman, Dinazanon. Like literally everything out of their studio is is one of my favorite things. So I'm already primed to like this. I love their art style. the The story of this one is it's two Sith twins who were seemingly bioengineered to you know be some kind of super weapon, uh, but then things take a turn midway through. What do we think about this one? One, I just want to say, I didn't have to look it up who made this because the whole... You can fucking tell, right? You fucking knew this was made by the same (laughs) studio that made Kill a Kill. Um, It's almost a very eerily similar plot as Kill a Kill about having a super-powered suit. But no, I mean, I didn't love this one, but I thought it was fucking gorgeous to look at. And uh, I was pretty, uh, pretty intrigued. I say I'm better than Transformers. It wasn't one of my favorites, but I dug it. This is the one that almost had me turn it off. Oh, no. This, <laughs> yes. This was the one where I was like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Like, I need I want to go put on the Marvel. What if like this is the one the writing was atrocious. Like, it felt like bad fan fiction. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like Rise of Skywalker, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like Luke and Leia. But I don't know. It just some of the writing was so bad. I just. I hated everything about it. I thought this one was the worst one by far. I think you're supposed to think Luke and Leia. I think it's supposed to be like this weird non-canon version of that. That's that's kind it of felt like oh, yeah, it felt like post post Rise of Skywalker to me. Yeah. That's what this felt like it was set in. And it felt like just like a, 
a really bad fan fiction version of what should continue that movie. And I mean, like, let me let me tell you, Trigger's kind of hallmark is taking a, a, like a beloved property and finding like the core elements of like what they really connected with or what audience connected with and turning them up to eleven. Uh, <laughs> and I and I feel like that's very much what this is supposed to be. Uh, yeah, this one only gets better than Transformers for me on visuals. It has great visuals. The design on the ship and the suits were great. Uh, I think the main thing I didn't like about it is that Neil Patrick Harris, like his voice was just so recognizable. It mm. took me out of it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll tell you the thing that I liked about it, especially compared to the the very first one that we watched here, is I feel like it got like some of the humor of of Star Wars right. There's like the moment where uh, the boy twin is walking through one of the starship halls with the droid, and he's like, "Ah, we've made it out. Don't worry about it." And then like immediately after he says that, the doors open and the stormtroopers are there. And I felt like that's like very OG Star Wars kind of thing. Um, I'd agree with that. I also like the fact, you know, like again, I feel like they they key in on on some important things. Like the the droid is is so cheeky in this one, so willful in this one that he's the one that makes the big decision at the end to do the light <laughs> speed, whatever. Right. Not our main character. Uh, I don't know. I liked it. I, I agree with Ian. I think I honestly think the fact that I watched Rise of Skywalker affected my opinion of this because <laughs> I think outside, outside of that, it wouldn't have bothered me as much. But seeing oh, like a version of the fucking like Holdo maneuver. And some other shit from the sequel tr- things kind of jarred me a little bit, but I still liked it. The uh, there's that's an interesting point, Joseph, because this one I think is the first time we see something that pops up a shit ton the rest of this show, uh, which is the Kylo catching the blaster in Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they apparently they're, they're mining the shit out of that. <laughs> the Japanese people that really appealed to them. So the next one on the list is uh, called The Village Bride. It's made by a studio called Kinema Citrus. Uh, they're relatively small studio. They make a, a popular show called Rising of the Shield Hero, uh, but they also make one of my favorite active shows uh, called Made in Abyss. The premise of this is there's a couple on a, just a random planet that's been abandoned by the Separatists. The wife is being sold off to some like remaining gangsters for i guess protection and then hijinks ensue in the meantime what do we think of this one this one's my favorite really yeah i love this one um i thought i really i like the downplay of the jedi versus sith in this i like the explanation of the force and how like it's connection to nature uh this one has more of i think the mysticism of star wars in it Mm. and uh i i really dug kind of the classic hostage you know give us your princess story i i really i really dug this one uh this is one of the two i give worse than transforms i think the wedding stuff just really bored the piss out of me and you know uh I know this. these are probably like based on Japanese wedding traditions. So just to be fair, I want to be clear if they were doing like the fucking space chicken dance or they were scanning shit at Space Target for the registry, I would also think that shit was boring. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I kind of just felt like this one was like, if you ask someone who didn't like anime, hey, what's the shit about anime that bores you? <laughs> and they told you that's what they wrote this script around. But it did look really nice. I was about to say, I think this is one of the best looking ones. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the most watched... slice of life of all of these. Yeah. This anime term for you people. I think <laughs> the ones I watched, this would be the Transformers line. 
There were okay. three I liked a lot worse than Transformers and three I liked better. This one I put in the middle. Like, um, I agree with her. It was kind of boring in the beginning. But then I felt bad for the girl getting sold off. Like, I bought into that. And then when the, the Jedi girl or, you know, what, I don't think she was a Jedi and her, like, her master guy. She was a when Padawan. That was like, former yeah, Padawan. I, I, I thought that was... Padawan, yeah. I, yeah, I got into that. So, like, I, I thought that was cool. And she also had the stiletto heels, which, you know, we brought up before. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think this one was pretty cool. So, I, I put this one right at the line. Like, I, there were parts I liked, but parts I didn't. But it's pretty good. Man, you talk – Christian talked earlier, or, or maybe Hurt did. I can't remember which one of you guys said this. More things with less setup. I love how much you can communicate with a braid in a single scene of hiding and screaming, like – I know the whole backstory. I know who this person is right. and what they're about. And that's it. Like that was like two shots, three shots and, and three seconds of screen time. It's amazing. But totally, totally. That's my favorite thing about all of these is the shit that they just breeze through. Yeah. So that brings us to the, the fifth one, uh, which is called the ninth Jedi. It's from production. IG who's done a bazillion things, but none of which I've really watched. Uh, they make a very popular show called Psychopaths. They're making a current show that I like, uh, which is Phantom Pirate Princess. And they, uh, they co-made End of Evangelion, just for, for Christian and me. So, <laughs> uh, But the, the premise of this one is there's been a call from a eccentric, possibly suspect Jedi master or former Jedi person that he's making lightsabers and any remaining Jedi in the galaxy should come to the beacon location to collect them and people meet there and it's not what they expect. What do we think of this one? If I had to guess, I would say this one is Ian's favorite. Uh, yeah, the first one is my favorite, but this one was definitely better than transformers. I like this one a lot. I, uh, like I said, like a lot of fucking lightsaber fighting, which is, you know, <laughs> give me more of that. And I was happy. Yeah. I thought this one was cool. Better than I, transformers. This one was fine. I, I think this one lacks in substance a lot. The one thing I really did enjoy was flipping the script on Jedi and Sith in this. Mm. The guy who was clearly the Sith actually was the only Jedi and all the people who looked like Jedi were all Sith. And then there was one dude who was both. Yeah, um, right. And I thought that was interesting. That was about the only thing I found interesting in this episode because it was pretty straightforward. I Yeah, I, not a lot to say about this one. Definitely better than Transformers. This one felt the most like the one that they might try to turn into a series. It seemed like it had the most set up. But, you know, uh, for me, it was it was high on the pack, but not my favorite. Oh, this one. This one might be my favorite. I'm uh, I, I kept seeing the, the beginning with the, the girl who's the, the daughter of the, uh, the lightsaber maker. And I feel like this could have been an origin for Ray. Like this is where yep. we could have started right. with yeah. Ray. Uh, and it would have been more interesting. Like, I, I like the idea that, like, the lightsaber colors of these lightsabers change based on, like, your, you know, whatever, where you're at. Right. Uh, I think that could have been, like, an interesting... I mean, it still could be if they decide to do more with it. Uh, it could have been an interesting arc to develop. Uh, I mean, I think this one looked great. The fighting on the ice with the speeder bikes is really cool. I mean, um, to mention that the speeder shit was great. Yeah, I, I like the playing with, like... Uh, one of the things that bothered me overall, and this is not true of all of them, but by and large, there were less aliens that I wanted in this. A lot of humans. Yeah. Dude, the, the main thing I thought about this shit is this shit was perfect for Wookiees and Kashyyyk and there was none of that shit. Right! But I, I like the fact that they like they play with scale a little bit with with kind of that meeting in the asteroid or whatever, where there's like mm. some li really little dudes, there's some medium dudes, there's the giant ass robot for no reason. I don't know, like that's that's part of I think what's fun about Star Wars. But definitely to, to Christian's point, they fake us out so hard by giving us that 
fake Jesus looking Obi-Wan Kenobi looking <laughs> motherfucker and then making him a Sith. God damn it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think that I think that's how they got me. <laughs> but definitely the turn with the lightsabers was fucking great when it's everybody lit up their fucking red lightsabers. Yeah. Did you guys anyway, notice the, the lightsaber maker that was Simulu? Oh really? Yep. I didn't notice that. That's cool. I was like, I've seen this guy in one movie, and now I'm like, oh, I know that guy's voice. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one on our list is called it's T Zero B One. Uh, it's made by a studio called Studio uh, Science Saru, which is uh, by a director called Mika- uh, Misaki Yuasa, who uh, I don't know if any of you guys have watched his stuff, but he's pretty popular. He made Devil Man Cry Baby, The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, Japan Sinks, uh, Keep Your Hands Off, Aza Ken. There's a lot of things, but he- he's definitely a guy that plays with animation styles, which we'll see in this one and in another one down the line. Uh, but the story of this one is very much Jedi Astro Boy. The what 100%. do you think about this one? <laughs> I think it was the laziest premise, but I loved it. I, I was totally a mark for it. Uh, uh, the animation was cool. Jedi meets it. Like, like I said, Je- Jedi's meet uh, Astro Boy. You know, that's exactly what it was. That's really cheap, but it, I, it, it got. This was anime like 104. Like it, this was too <laughs> much for me. Like if, you know, it just felt like you needed to be like all in on this anime shit to like get into this because it, it was just too weird. It felt like Mega Man meets jedi like you know with that that old guy met, kind of reminded me of dr robotnik but yeah i just i couldn't get into it I, I, this is the second worst one only the twins was worse for me yeah i didn't love this one mostly to jay's point about it just it was so on the nose of it, it was just lazy in my opinion and i think a lot of these take from other stories and a, a lot of them kind of have a okay what about this but in star wars but this one was the most deliberate because uh, yeah it's it is just astro boy i mean that's that's all it is it's pinocchio i mean I think it could have been better if they picked one of the stories or the other, but they decided right. to do both, you know, about like, you know, carrying on his, his, uh, you know, creator's legacy after he uh, sacrifices himself or becoming a Jedi and fighting the Sith. Uh, but I think fitting them both in there was a stretch. So the uh, next one on our list is also actually a Studio Trigger uh, one, but not quite as, as stylistically identifiable, I think. It's called The uh, the Elder. It's about a uh, Jedi Master and a Padawan who are surveying the uh, the Outer Rim and uh, come across a, a dark force on a remote planet. What do we think about it? I, I love this one. This was my second favorite one. Um, I thought the art style was probably my favorite. It, it looked like, you know, if I was going to watch an anime, I think I liked this art style. Um, the, the voice guy reminded me of Harrison Ford a lot, though. It's kind of taking me out of it to a degree. I don't know why I kept hearing Harrison Ford, um, but I thought the old, the elder was a cool character. And do you know, um, do you, you know who the voice was, right? Who? It was David Harbour. Really? It did not sound a fucking thing like him, but it was David Harbour. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely recognizable. I was like, I know this voice. I got Harrison Ford, but yeah, it was definitely recognizable. It's kind of a standard Jedi Padawan story, you know, but... Like I said, I got what I wanted out of it, which was some cool action, you know, going to a cool planet. Um, I like the banner between the apprentice and the Padawan and the Ma- the Jedi Master. So, yeah, I thought it was much better than Transformers. I uh, This one was also my second favorite one. Uh, and I like that it, it was the standard Jedi uh, Padawan thing, but they did it a little different. You know, when it started, I was like, OK, well, the the Master will get taken out. And then the Padawan will have to finish the battle. And it was the opposite of that. And I liked that a lot. Uh, and this one had the best bad guy. That guy was, um, cool. you know, creepy and dislikable. Better than yep. Transformers. 
Yeah, this is probably my second favorite as well. James Hong was phenomenal in the little bit that he's in this. I that might right. be the best James Hong voiceover performance <laughs> he's ever done. Uh, <laughs> he was killer. Um, and yeah, David Harbour's great. I I really enjoyed this one. I think this one had a lot of elements of things I liked about the Clone Wars. Uh, things that I like. Uh, I mean, I don't love the High Republic stuff, but there's some of the way like the Padawan talk about their Jedi in it. Um, and how they're, you know, again, kind of to the mysticism and connected with the force throughout the universe. That's interesting. I think this this took from that. I, I really dug this one a lot. I really like this one also, but there's a part of me that feels like we kind of don't need it because this functionally is just a Clone Wars episode. <laughs> it did yeah. feel very yeah. much like a Clone Besides Wars. the fact that the master might be a little bit better than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's that's pretty much it. I like the fact that the lesson at the end of this one is a very, I feel like, Jedi lesson in that, like, time's going to beat all of us and there's nothing you can do about it. Just accept it and release it. <laughs> right. I don't know. It, it, that's That felt very Jedi to me. You know, uh, I said earlier I had a problem with, with the order. I think this one should have been the last one. Mm, yeah, no, that would have been good, it, actually. It feels like it ties them all together if you don't think about it too hard. Yeah. So the next one, uh, second to last one we got is done. It's called Lop and Ocho. It's done by uh, Gino Studio, uh, which is a, a very new studio. It's only made one show, which is fairly popular, called uh, Golden Kamui. Uh, the story is, uh, oh gosh, it's about a planet that's being sort of softly invaded by the Empire and a family, adoptive family that's caught in the crosshairs. What do we think of this one? Uh, this one was was my least favorite one. Uh, I, I just felt like this was a story they already had, and they added Star Wars props to it. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love this one either. Um, it kind of reminded me of those uh, sisters from like the Ahsoka episodes that feel real random in Clone Wars <laughs> season right. seven. I just don't feel like I had enough attachment to them to care about the story. I think this is the one that hinders the most from only being like 15 minutes long because I, I don't, I don't have any reason to care about this family other than the dad's nice for adopting those two girls. I feel like I, I agree with you guys. I think this one is like the most combination of, you know, it's, it's kind of got the star Wars aesthetic, but it's also just kind of got like a totally different look to it. But I really like the way that this one looks like. I like the world that it's set in. That's still like, uh, you know, it's it's kind of this rapidly industrializing, but still very natural planet uh, with kind of these very like industrial empire things in the dead center. Uh, it, it's a very cool looking place. And I like the fact that, again, for a show that is very much about like space and aliens and shit, uh, I was happy that this one had a uh you know an alien protagonist as one of the the main people yeah you know talking on that note one thing this episode reminded me of was akira very machinery center heavy there's a scene where she's on the speeder and it's like going over tubes and stuff and i was like you know that looks just like that freaking motorcycle from akira sure but also the concept of like non-paternal brothers slash sisters in this kind of going up against each other though you know she doesn't turn into a flesh monster um <laughs> but i felt like themes wise and influence akira was definitely there in this one sure yeah uh that brings us to the last one on our list akakiri it's also by uh science saru who made the uh tob1 short it's 
you know, it's the story it's pretty, of Anakin Skywalker. It's kind of the story of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> right. There's there's a lot of background information missing here. Uh, what do, what do we think about this one, guys? So this is definitely what if Anakin were Obi Wan? Like that, it's right. the exact same mission Obi Wan was on on Mandalore, and instead of choosing to protect Satine, he chose to be a Jedi. This guy chose to protect his love and became a Sith. I would have actually really liked this one a whole lot more if it was a prequel to the first one. Okay, oh, right on. Um, that, those are that, my thoughts. This one's the this one is the Transformers of these to me. It's the it's the right in the middle. I don't dislike it, but I don't I don't love it. It, it looked cool, and yeah, like I said, it's. It's the only one of these that I think could have benefited from more time. Most of these, I think the time they had is exactly their strength, but this one needed a little bit more time to tell its story. I'll say the, so this is again by the same guy who made like Devil Man Cry Baby, some other things. He's kind of famous for having a pretty interpretive art style uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and a very diverse art style, I guess. And I hated this one so much. <laughs> the, the, that comes through that comes through in this one hardcore the 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 girl with no chin was just fucking driving me crazy <laughs> uh so i like that really took me out of this one as a whole the i think the the like coloring they use in this one is really cool i also like the fact that you know it, it kind of plays with audience expectations about you very much feel like all of his you know headaches and visions and whatever are like memories or flashbacks uh, but to find out, you know, the twist at the end that there were the prophecy and it came true in the episode, I think was was pretty neat. Uh, also, it's the first time that I feel like at least in a visual Star Wars, the, the Sith can actually canonically do some shit instead of just saying they can. <laughs> because Ember Palpatine talks all the time about bringing people back to life. We never really seen him do it. Uh, but this bitch just like walks up and does it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's to Jehu's point. I could have used a bit more about her because the fact that she was a Sith was kind of felt out of nowhere to me because it was like almost like a Hamlet story. It was the girl's dad murdered by his sister. And then all this, oh shit, she's a Sith going to take over the universe. Like, I don't know if that felt jarring to me and I would have liked a, a bit more understanding of her in general. The, the one, the one scene that got me, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that irritated me about this one, but the one scene that got me in this is the bit where she's standing over the fallen Jedi guy and then walks back up the stairs to sit down like a Shogun. And then the yeah. guy has like a, one more flashback and then she just gets back up and stands right in front of him the same place that she was again. I'm like, why'd you even move? <laughs> did you know he was having a flashback? Yeah. Were you giving him this moment? Yeah. Anyway, totally. Uh, this this one was was worse than Transformers for me. I didn't really love it, but uh, you know it's fine. I agree. I think I think the Elder the would have been a better one to end on the seventh one. But that's all of Star Wars Visions. We're again we're on the bleeding edge here. At least today we are. Uh, you know we we weren't the we weren't the first person though because I saw on IMDb one fucking guy had went through and wrote a review for every single episode. Impressive. <laughs> including IMDb has 10 episodes listed, even though there's not 10. And he made sure to go on there and say, Hey, there's not a 10th episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's important that his voice be heard. Yeah, totally. So now that, now that we've, we've got this, we've talked about them individually. Do we feel like, uh, you know, this is a thing that we would want more of in the future. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) I, I not only want more of it with this, I want it with everything. I want them to do Marvel. 
I would love to see this done with DC characters. I'd love to see it done with Harry Potter characters. Like, like I would love to see more of this stuff where you take people who aren't a part of a sort of IP universe and put them in there and just let them do their own thing with those settings. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny you your satisfaction guys, but I'm not clamoring for it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate your generosity and your honesty. That's good stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm totally down for just fucking make more of these. Make some of these into series. Again, the 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 one I feel like was the the best setup of the ones is that ninth Jedi one about the lightsaber maker's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, fucking most of these. If you gave me more of it, I wouldn't complain. I'm down for it. I do agree though that ninth, the one with this, the saber from his daughter. That's the one. If they make it like a show, that's the one I think that has the most meat on the bone. You could still go with. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. But yeah, that's Star Wars Visions. Even if you don't watch anime, if you just like Star Wars or vice versa, if you have Disney Plus, they're check it out. They're all like 15 minutes or less. So you know, three fourths of us think that overall it's better than Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> And then anyway. one of us is right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for Star Wars Visions. What have we been watching this past week, guys? Uh, I didn't watch much. I introduced my wife to Stardust this week. We were sitting on the couch. Kids were in bed looking for a movie to watch. I was like, you ever seen this? She's like, no. And I was like, it's a good time. And she liked it. And I like it. It's better than Transformers. It's a simple movie. I think it's the closest thing we'll ever get to the Princess Bride in that it's this lighthearted rom-com fantasy that doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, I think the cast is good. Yeah, I don't know. I just really, it's not something that I'm dying to watch like every year, but anytime I go back to it, I have a good time. Stardust, better than Transformers. I uh, I watched two movies. One, uh, I saw in theaters. I went and saw The Card Counter, which is and? Oscar Isaac, uh, Ty Sheridan, Tiffany Haddish. Um, is it Rounders 2? Yeah, and William Defoe, and it is not Rounders too. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I texted you guys. I was that's what I wanted it to be. Um, it's like a movie that they don't make anymore. It's like an indie crime thriller that like kind of wants to make you think, and and it doesn't show you. It kind of like doesn't show you these like these violent scenes. It kind of like leaves it up to your imagination. But it thinks it's better than it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it, it's not a good movie, but but it carries itself like it is a good movie. Mm. And I hate. <laughs> I hate movies like that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if your shit stinks, no, it stinks. You know what I mean? Like don't act like you're going to win an Oscar when you're nowhere, even in the ballpark. Um, Oscar Isaac's good. Like he, he definitely encompasses that role. I hate Ty Sheridan though. Like ever since, uh, I mean the X-Men movies, but ready player one, like he's just the worst man. And he's like this squirmy, greasy haired, like <laughs> little shithead. You know what I mean? Who's just like, I don't know. I, I think they want you to hate him, but they succeeded on that front. Um, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish can't act. So, you know, I, she's funny, but this is her in like a drama role. And I feel like she's been doing more of that. And I just don't think it works for her. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, like, I feel like she needs some acting classes. You know what I mean? That That's kind of my takeaway is like, I, I just see Tiffany Haddish trying to act. I don't see a character. William Defoe is probably the best though. He's the villain. Uh, he's, he's always great. And as a villain, uh, he's super creepy. It's just, there's a lot in it. It's like part gambling movie, part Guantanamo Bay, like torture movie, part like trying to be a surrogate father. Like it, 
it has all these ideas and, and it, it just doesn't work. So I'd say worse than Transformers. And then I watch, we've been trying to watch, you know, finish off West Wing. We had like five left and a couple nights ago, we went on our HBO Max, but I guess we had given out to too many people and it would not let us log in because too many devices were already streaming. <laughs> so, so I went into chaos mode and when I don't have it, like a plan is what I'm going to watch. I just start surfing and we landed on Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Cool. cool. that movie's fucking great. It holds up. I love it. Um, Rick Moranis, that's his name, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Super funny. Um, there's a, like a, like a hot wheels, you know, they get in a hot wheel and they go down. It's him and his, his, like his brother and their two wives. And it's got everything, you know, it's got the, you know, the kids have a little party and you know, the, the, the boys were trying to hit on the girls. I don't know. It's a very nineties movie. It was like one of Susie's favorites growing up. I also like rented the shit out of that at Blockbuster. So it has some nostalgia. But um, yeah, it made me want to go back. I think we're going to watch the other two. Honey, we blew up the kid. And honey, we shrunk the kid. I think this is the last one. So we're going to work backwards. But yeah, if you haven't watched those, they're, you know, and you have kids, they're, they're definitely good family friendly movies. And they're funny. And I think adults like them too. So watch it. Right. Watch that over card counter at least. <laughs> so we've went wrong today and I'm turning into a cock tease on this, which is funny because nobody wants it, but I'm going to put off week two of Santa Barbara again. Uh, mostly because you guys, I want to do something shorter and you guys said a couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, Ian, have you ever watched the David Harbor episode of Hot Ones? No. You should watch it just because he was in the like New York poker scene and he like knew the real Teddy KGB and shit like that. Ooh, okay. So I love that one, so I'll check that shit out. Yeah, he he doesn't talk about it a lot, but it was just crazy that it uh, that it came up. This has nothing to do with content. I just wanted to ask you, way back in the day when we were living the life together, we traded passwords sometime. Was there ever a point where you remember trading my password to somebody else? No, I don't think. Yeah, so, I mean, but... I wouldn't be pissed. I'm just trying to solve a mystery because somebody has my Netflix account. Yeah, and I'm just trying. Like, I don't even. I don't even want to cut them off. I'm. I'm. I, it, honestly, it makes me feel less lonely that someone's out there watching my Netflix too. <laughs> no, but my... I'm just trying to figure yeah. out who it is. My rule on that is, I'll trade. Like, you know, I subscribe to one, and I'll trade it with people for other stuff. And then I'll give out mine to whoever for a trade, but I won't give out someone else's because that's, that's how my, you know, <laughs> that's how we end funny, up where I can't log into my own device. <laughs> my other solution to it also involves you, which is while you were living the pawn shop life, I bought roughly 30 PlayStation 3s from you. <laughs> and I think maybe someone else just ended up with one of those PlayStations that still has my shit locked in. Uh, Open things I'll talk about that I'll watch. I'll just do real quick. Uh, All caught up on Ted Lasso. Best fucking show on TV. Uh, In the second to the last episode from this, there is a fucking hug that if it doesn't touch you, you're a fucking robot. You were sent from the future to fucking kill John Connor. Um, uh, If you're not watching this show, fucking watch it. Also, uh, there was uh, another good thing I'll say about that show. I hate hate, hate, any time any TV show, movie, or comic shows me your cell phone screen. Like, you, I feel like you have failed at that point because you've shown me something that A, is boring to look at, and B, the best you can hope for is to make it interesting and make me think, well, fuck, I'll just take out my phone and use it. 
But Ted Lasso actually does good stuff with showing you phone screens. That's the highest compliment I can give that thing. And on that, I also read a comic this week uh, called Superman versus Lobo. I mainly, I didn't know anything about the creators. I mainly just bought it because I'm a mark for whenever those two characters fight. And uh, it also, it had some fun stuff to say about social media and uh, phones and stuff like that. And I recommend it. Superman versus Lobo. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, I've watched a shit ton of anime, but like Hurt, I know that nobody cares about it, and I'm going to forego it this week so that maybe you'll actually pay attention when I tell you about a thing that isn't anime that I've been watching. <laughs> I started watching the Hulu show, the original uh, Only Murderers in the Building. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, which the, the, the basic premise is three residents in, a, in an apartment building uh, there's a murder in the apartment building, and the three of them, who are uh, self-proclaimed uh, true crime podcast aficionados, decide to start a true crime podcast. And it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's very enjoyable on a lot of different levels, I feel like. I mean, I think it, it, it on its base, it's a mystery, and I think it does the mystery elements well. It's got Steve Martin and Martin Short in it, so it's also a comedy. Um, but I feel like also at its core, it's mostly just about, like, lonely people who are bonding over a shared interest and using uh their true crime podcast as an excuse to do shared things together which is like oh that's me that's my life (laughs) and so i feel like it's i don't know i I think it's it's a surprisingly earnest show which i'm glad that's just a thing that's coming back to tv as well because it's something that i need i i think you know i'm not a huge steve martin fan i'm definitely not a martin short fan i've always felt (laughs) i've always felt like martin short was to Steve Martin the way that Rob Schneider was to Adam Sandler. Like it's just part <laughs> of the package, but no, like nobody's really his favorite. Uh, but you know what? I like Martin Short. Martin Short's my favorite of the trio in this series. So I, uh, I, I wholeheartedly recommend it. You'd expect it to be a lot more generational humor just based on the cast. It, there is some of that in there, but it's, uh, I think again, kind of approached in sort of like an earnest way where these, you know, people from different generations are actually like want to connect with one another. I will say, I'm not sure if Selena Gomez is a great actress, but I do want her to narrate a true crime podcast because she's got a great voice for it. Uh, uh, I've, I've watched two episodes of this. Uh, I, I also really like it a lot. When you said you weren't a big fan of Steve Martin, I was about to say, fuck you. When you said you're not really a fan of Martin Short, I was like, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but he is really good in this uh, my one complaint is is i wish they could have gotten zendaya instead of hiring selena gomez to play zendaya i mean look oh fuck you're dead on the nose there that's <laughs> you're you've literally i like i don't think i can enjoy this show the same anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good i i really recommend it it's on hulu uh i can't imagine a generation or type of person that wouldn't like this show also further proof that chevy chase just must be the biggest fucking asshole yeah he is the two-thirds of two-thirds of three amigos get back together all the fucking time and yeah. Never yeah, he's never in it yeah <laughs> never invited he's not a chill hang <laughs> yeah anyway that's our podcast for the week i think is there anything coming out next week no no the only thing i know that's going to be i'm hoping for part two of santa barbara next week sure Jay- <laughs> Let's pick something that we don't have eight episodes of a Star Wars thing to talk That's about. That's fair. I'm sure and we can figure something out. 
Hey, I Many did. Saints in New York is October 1st. Did you guys watch Sopranos? Because it's HBO Max. I want to talk about that, but I don't know. Do you guys even watch that show? I can I, give you I, the non-Sopranos opinion on that movie. Uh, no, I was going to say, I've watched Sopranos. I haven't watched this yet, but I want to watch it. Or I've, I've watched I've watched like four seasons of Sopranos. They start to repeat themselves. Okay. Yeah, we should uh, we should we should do that. It's an HBO Max movie, so you guys can stay home and watch it. The only not, other thing that I not that, I'm, I'm not, that I want to not that I want to talk about this as a podcast, but I also cut something for a time in preparation for this episode. I watched the Animatrix, and I do want to fucking talk about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> back to back animation anime episodes. Oh, man. Dude, we've we've done everything else. We should we should do an episode on Animatrix. <laughs> Let's let's that's, subject that into more concept. anime. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if it's online anywhere, but I'm sure you could find it in any fucking used CD store anywhere. Surely it's on. It's on HBO Max. It's all right. Like, like the Bible for books, it's got to be the most manufactured DVD in existence. Right. Oh shit! I got to think about that. Uh, anyway. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, let us know what you think about the uh, Star Wars Visions if you watch it, which I recommend that you do. And if you have any other episode suggestions, send them in. It sounds like we have some ideas for next week, but if you have a better one, we'll probably do that. So uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks, Zach Evans, for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs>